Welcome, 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 welcome! It's a fish and chip podcast. Come on back. It is a new year, new week, new year. Chip Daily, Dan Fish. How's your new year treating you, Chip? Same as a week ago. That's good. That's good. That's good. (laughs) Been worried about you over there. Oh yeah. No, not really. All right. (laughs) Fish and Chip Podcast. We're on Twitter at Fish and Chip Pod, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, The Google Machine, and Amazon. Most places you get your podcast. Stuff happened this weekend. NFL regular season has officially concluded. We are going to get to the bulk of that. Segment two, we're going to just get a couple little tidbits in here. Segment one, as well as an athlete of the day by Dan Fish over here. Um, And then we'll get to the big discussion segment two so this first segment probably gonna be a little bit shorter Filed uh, me. Highlight, highlights from the weekend steph curry sunday night 62 points and a win against the blazers Ooh. did you see that chip i saw the headline but i did not see the game that is his new career high 62 points so yes well pretty impressive good for him it was hot hot, hot. All right, uh, let's talk I'm a little cold. college stuff. Uh, we were one for two on our picks in the college football playoff. Alabama defeats Notre Dame easily, as we anticipated. Um, Clemson, however, gets routed by now, that, Ohio State. That one surprised me a lot. It did, but like, I just felt like Ohio State had more to play for because Clemson, you know, Dabo Sweeney had made some comments, and uh, I think they were just – with losing to them last year in the playoff, they you had a dabble Sweeney ranking Ohio State 11 in the coaches' poll. Yep, <laughs> Ohio <laughs> State had a little bit of the revenge factor on their side, and you know, even getting they they gave up uh, 14 points right away. They were they were down 14 uh, seven, and then they just laid the wood to them after that. <laughs> Was not even close. Justin Fields looked good. Yeah, he took a big shot. Uh, I'm wondering how that's going to affect him in the championship game. However, I would still favor uh, Alabama at this moment over Ohio State. I just think Alabama's too good. Their defense is really good, um, so they should be able to slow him down. And if it does get into a shootout, obviously, uh, Devontae Smith, oh, my gosh. Did you see his performance? Over 100 yards and three touchdowns against Notre Dame? Nope. That's a Heisman, that's a Heisman hopeful right there. Um, yes, yes. So I kind of favor Alabama. Like I said, I think Alabama will be favored by nine. Remember I said that last week? I said, I think I'll take Alabama by nine in the championship game. They're favored by eight. Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. They're favored by eight right now over Ohio state. So I was in the ballpark. Mm. Um, other NCAA at seven and a half right now, sir. Oh, then it's moved (laughs) since I last looked. It was eight when I saw it originally. Same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing, pretty much. All right, uh, other NCAA news. Basketball, the tournament, Bye-bye. the big dance, as they call it. If it does happen this year, which we on Friday said it didn't happen last year, um, it is all going to be bubble format, just like the NBA playoffs. It's all going to be hosted by the city of Indianapolis, it sounds like. Uh, all the venues are yet to be determined. Lucas Oil Stadium was originally picked to be the Final Four location, I'm assuming they're going to need multiple, multiple gyms to make this happen. Because if you think about it, the first round is going to have 64 teams. Well, what technically I call the first round, not those other, you know, round of (laughs) those extra games. You know what I'm saying? Those four extra games that they have on what's normally Monday and Tuesday or 
or Tuesday and Wednesday or whatever. Um, they, when those 64 teams have to play, that's 32 games. That's 16 games over the course of two days each, 16 on each day. Um, and with the M- NBA, what we saw was the NBA could get four, maybe five games in in a day at one location. So that means they're going to have to have at least four arenas, maybe even five in order to get game, 16 games done in one day, or they're going to have to be able to manipulate the schedule where they're not going to get all 32 games done for the first round in, in two days. Does that make sense, Chip? Yes. So I'm, I'm wondering what other arenas there are to go to. Um, I guess I don't really know all the locations of the colleges out there. IPFW, I believe, is in Indiana, in, in, in Indianapolis. That's a fun one to say. <laughs> They're also um, going to be using Bloomington and West Lafayette, which are basically suburbs. Okay. So, yeah, I, th- I think they need to have at least four, maybe five arenas to make it work. But, uh, yeah, obviously Lucas, Lucas Oil would be the other one. That's yes. where the Colts play. That's the big one. And, the, and where uh, the draft come behind. Yeah. Yes, yes. Why do they get all the fun stuff? I don't know. Well, like I said, they were originally the host city for the final four. It just makes sense to make them your bubble city then, you know, Uh, and ultimately probably really good economy boost for the city of Indianapolis and the surrounding state of Indiana. Yes. Um, Fairly, I guess, central. Yeah. As far as where smack travel from. Yeah. It's yeah. Pretty much smack dab. Um, you got anything else for segment one or should we drop an athlete on these? Boys? I have absolutely nothing. All right, let's drop an athlete. What did you just drop? <laughs> just kick something under my table. <laughs> Play the sound chip. It's time for Dan's favorite athlete on earth today. All right. My athlete today. It's no surprise. It's the story of the day of the month of the year. Washington football team makes Justin the Jeff- playoff. Oh. I'm going to give you all the players on the Washington football team. Chase Young looked amazing. He's awesome as a rookie being a captain on that team. But Alex Smith, oh, my gosh. He's making the playoffs. Some thought he'd never play again. Not to mention just get on the field this year. He started multiple, multiple games and led the team to be the first team from a 2-7 and seven start to make the playoffs at 7-9. and nine. <laughs> Alex Smith, athlete of the day. They won over the Eagles Sunday night. They're in the playoffs. They are the four seed. They host the Bucks. Um, yeah, that whole story with Ron Rivera, you know, the whole situation with the name change over the course of the summer, uh, the toxic environment of having a rookie quarterback mm-hmm. last year that is the fastest first-round draft pick quarterback to be cut from a team. Dwayne Haskins and then Alex Smith coming in. What a story. Um, He's going to get to play in the playoffs again. He's been there many times, but he's going to get to start most likely in the playoffs again, get a chance to win a couple playoff games, maybe be fortunate if he does. But however, ultimately when his season does come to an end, the question will be, does he hang it up forever? And if he does, what a way to, you know, at least acknowledge the, strength and mental fortitude to come back from an injury like that, not only just to play, to get starts, to play in the playoffs, to start in the playoffs. 
and win or lose, if he hangs it up after the season, it's a true accomplishment no matter what going forward. So yes, indeed. Very happy with him. Excited for him. Uh, Athlete today, Alex Smith. Very nicely said. All right. Like we said, we're going to keep it short. Let's get to the big topics. We got, uh, I'm going to talk after the break. I'm going to give you my final update on my preseason way too early picks when the schedule came out and how that turned out. Um, not ultimately disappointing as I thought it was going to be. Um, and then we'll give you a full breakdown of the bracket of the NFL playoff, how that's going to shake out. We will have picks on that coming Thursday, at least for the first round to yes. see how our teams sit up. And I'll give you my opinions and my hot take. I got one hot take on this, um, on this playoff bracket. It looks really good for one team. I'll tell you what, that's a tease after the break. Welcome back to the NFL segment of Fish and Chip Podcast. Chip Bailey here, Dan Fish over there. Uh, he, he wants me to shout out a place, and I'm going to shout out a different place. Both places. <laughs> Cleveland and Detroit. America's... I don't want to say what I was going to say. Backbone. Cleveland because the Browns finally made the playoffs for the first time in like 18 years. And Detroit because they're all getting free beer because of Matt Prater. Did you hear, hey, about, this? Did you hear about this? No, I did game? not. Let me, let me hear now. All right, so at the start of the season, Bud Light had a challenge. I did not hear about this. They had a challenge for Matt Prater for uh, Detroit Lions and Brandon McManus from uh, Denver. Whoever kicked the longest field goal of the season won free beer, beer for their city. And Matt Prater ended up having the longest one of 59 yards on November 15th. So apparently everyone in Detroit is getting free Bud Light. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Still don't have clean water in parts of Michigan, but you're getting free Bud Light. It's kind of like when the Browns, when they won their first game or whatever, in after that 0-16 season or whatever, <laughs> and they had like the chains on the fridges at the bars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when they won them, yeah. they cut the chains off, same and then everybody got free Bud Light. Yes. <laughs> Basically the same thing. Yeah, that's awesome. No idea how you get this free beer, but uh, yeah. Wasn't it Bud Light that also did the thing with Gardner Minshew at the start of the season in fantasy football? Remember Maybe, that? yeah. Yeah, Drafting like uh, the first round? get a year's worth of Bud Light or something. Yeah. If you draft him with your first round draft pick. Bud Light really put the incentives in. Was it Bud Light or was it Coors? Might have been Coors. Maybe. Oh, yeah, that, like, maybe. It was one of the beer companies, let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of incentives, this just came to my mind. There was lots of incentives this last weekend. Of football, and the the one that came comes to my mind that I read was about Antonio Brown. Um, so he needed it was late in the game. He needed like three more catches to get a two hundred fifty thousand dollar bonus for catches on the season. And Tom Brady <laughs> just uh, force fed him to him. Yeah, three shovel passes of like two yards in a row. <laughs> <laughs> That's teammate right there. He's like, hey man, I know you're close to this bonus. Just run in front of me and I'll shovel this to you. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. So I did it three times with less than two minutes left or something. <laughs> I did not see this game, but I'm, I just read about it. So yeah, you know, pretty cool. That's terrific. That's terrific. I think there was a lot of other incentives like that too, but I don't have the list in front of me. It'd be kind of fun to look at. Speaking of incentives, a lot of other things. Picks, yes, our picks from last week had an incentive on it. I had the Jaguars, <laughs> or maybe make a tie. Well, that I quit rooting for them as soon as the Dolphins lost because I was like, I want the Colts in the playoffs so bad. So I'm happy for <laughs> Philip Rivers that way. Um, the Dolphins got smacked. 
you're officially the outright winner of the fish and chip pod survivor survivor league congratulations chip thanks dan what a season what a year Great can't believe year. it's already done yeah i mean it went fast but yeah it went it was a long time ago when we started that <laughs> yeah. all right uh let's break down team by team how i did these oh. were my picks when the schedule came out remember dan's super awesome nfl way too early picks when the the day the the night that the schedule got released that's i think what i called it all right here we go there are only four teams out of the 32 nfl teams that i had exactly on the number disappointing number however there are three divisions of the eight divisions that i had perfectly listed top to bottom in order that i thought the teams were going to be and that's how they finished the season so i'm happy with that result all right, here we go. <clears throat> Let's start. AFC North. I had the Ravens at 13 wins. They had 11. Two off there. Not bad. A little, di- little bit disappointing, I'm sure, by the Ravens, but I'm sure they're happy where they're at right now. Steelers a little bit surprised. Like we said, I, I picked them at 9. They're at tw- they got to 12. I think that they overachieved this year as far as the win column is concerned. Browns as well. I had them at seven. I didn't think Kevin Stefanski's Stefans dogs would be this good. I thought they would be a quality team, but struggle to make the playoffs winning 11 games. Incredible. The AFC was loaded this year. Yes. Here's my first one that I got perfect on the nose. Bengals four wins. That's exactly what I had them for. I bet if Joe Burrow would have played the whole season, they would have had six. Oh, I'd been way wrong. Yeah. I'd have been way wrong (laughs) if he played the whole year. Yeah. All right, Bills, I had it 10 wins. AFC Northeast now from the North to the East. I had Bills at 10. They got to 13. I think that was an overachievement. I mean, getting 13 wins in a season is pretty tough to do. And considering that they had to go on a big win streak to get there, uh, I thought 10 was a pretty good pick, but, you know, 13, that's great. Patriots, I had at 9. They had 7. Yes, I think, and remember, I picked the Patriots at nine back when the season, uh, when the schedule was released. This was before all oh, the players opted May. out. Yeah, before all the players opted out from COVID. So, if I would have been able to redo it at the beginning of the season, I probably would have said something lower. Sure, Dan. Jets. I had four wins. They had two. That's not too far off. This is the big jump, though. I had Dolphins winning four games this year. I figured two would get a lot of starts. Um, and not have much success because they'd already be a losing team. However, he came into a winning team, and they got to 10. Missed the playoffs, but, uh, yeah, that was probably one of my biggest whiffs outside of the NFC East. I have so many tangents I want to go on right now, but I'll let you keep going. I'll just write these down. Okay. Titans, I had 12 wins. They had 11. Okay, this is is a division, AFC South, that I had exactly listed first through fourth place. They finished exactly how I saw that they would. Colts, I had at nine wins. They finished at 11. So they a little overachieved. We were questioning if they would be this good on off or be good enough on offense to win that many games, but their defense probably uh, shocked a lot of people how good they were this year defensively. Texans, I had at seven wins, uh, underachievement. I knew they weren't going to be as good as last year. Like I said, I didn't think they were going to get to 500. That's why I had them at seven. But to only win four games, that's kind of disappointing. Yeah, that was a big disappointment. Um, Jaguars, four wins I had them listed at. I didn't really like to give any team at the beginning of the season less than like three or four wins. So I knew the Jaguars would be considered one of my three or four worst teams in the league, um, which I was right. However, winning one game, obviously that's hard to say at the beginning of the year. So, 
Um, this is AFC West. This is my best division by far. Yeah. Chiefs. Chiefs. I had 14 wins. Ding, ding. Raiders. I had at eight wins. Ding, ding. Chargers. I had at six wins. However, they got to seven by winning their last four. So one off there. And then the Broncos, I said, were going to be terrible. Uh, I also said that I, right off the bat, I said I probably undervalued them. I said I, I had them winning three games. They won five. So I wasn't very far off. My boy, there. Drew Locke, accounted for those extra two wins. <laughs> but I said right away, pretty much like the next week, I was like, I probably got the Broncos wrong. Um, but yeah, they weren't that much better than what I had them at. So not bad. Uh, that was another division that I had perfect where it went Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, Broncos, AFC West. I had that. That was my best division by far, opinion. NFC North, this is the one that we came out with right away. Highly controversial. First show ever, Fish and Chip Podcast. I said the Vikings would win six games. They won seven. (sighs) Tough. (laughs) So close. Tough. So close. I mean, they shouldn't have beat the Packers. That was the one game that I know that I had wrong for them. I I didn't think they'd win a game against the Packers. If they would have lost to the Packers uh, both times, they would have only won six. So that's where my screw-up was. This division, though. If they would have beat the Bears two weeks ago and all the other results stay the same in all the the league, the Vikings would be in the playoffs. Weird. Yeah. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) All right. This division is another one uh, that I had perfectly right, top to bottom. I had Packers at 11. They had 13. Um not surprised by that. I thought it's just hard to, you know, say 13 sometimes for a team that you're like, yeah, they could win. I could see them winning 10. I could see them winning 14, you know? Especially when everyone was saying Aaron Rodgers is washed for some reason. Yeah. Like it was easy to buy into the hype when you see it everywhere, or I guess not the hype, but the. But I mean, I still had them being the best team in the division with 11 wins. It's just, that's yes. just what I was saying. All right. Bears, I had at seven. They won eight. So I was only one off there. And then, like I said, Vikings, I had at six. They had seven. And then Lions, I had at four. They won five. So altogether, I was only off by one game, one game, one game, and two games throughout the division. But I had the first, second, third, fourth place teams in the correct order. So that wasn't a bad division either. But now we get to the fun one NFC East. <laughs> <laughs> what everybody expected. I have so much beef with that game last night that we'll get to later. Oh, yeah, we're going to get to that. Eagles Eagles and Cowboys, I had it 10 wins each. They won 10 total. (laughs) Eagles won four. Cowboys won six. Giants, I had it six wins. That's my last ding-ding of the day. Uh, Washington football team, uh, probably everybody would have told you that they went to one more than four games. I had them at three, and they won seven, and they're the conference or division champions, and they're in the playoffs. So that was probably one of the other biggest blunders I had. Yes. NFC East, I thought I did pretty well here. I just didn't quite get everything right. Saints, I had at 13 wins. In the South? South, sorry. What did I say? East? East, South. Yeah, yeah we'll go South now. East is so good. You just got to keep talking about it. I know. <laughs> Saints, I had at 13 wins. They had 12. So it was one off. Uh, Bucks, I had at 12 wins. They had 11. One off. Panthers, I had six wins. They had five. One off. Big one that I had wrong. Falcons, I had them at seven. I didn't think they would be this bad. They had four wins, so I was wrong there. That was my only one that was really far off in that division. The other ones were all within one game, so not bad. Not terrible. All right. NFC West, Seahawks, had I had them at 10. They won 12, so a little bit of overachievement there. Rams, I had at 8. They won 10. That kind of surprised me. I figured they'd be around that 8-9 mark, Um, but, you know, 10's not that far off. Cardinals, I had winning 7. They won 8. Probably overachieved early in the year. 
and then came back to where I thought they would be. So, um, you know, their one catch by DeAndre Hopkins away from being right on my number anyway. Yes. But the one that I had mostly wrong is because of injury 49ers. I thought they would be still just as great on defense. I didn't know if their offense would be as good, but I figured their defense would be so stout that they'd be hard to beat. I had them listed at 12 wins. They only won six. Now a lot of their key players were out a lot of the year. Yeah. Remember one of those like Thursday or Monday night games that they were on. I said from the Super Bowl team that was last year, their offense, I was like, there's only, there's not a single person on the offense that's starting tonight that touched the ball in the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Even the center. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. They, they just had an unlucky year. Yeah, they really did. I mean, I, I still think they're a quality team. I mean, they almost beat the Seahawks on Sunday. Yeah. So um, I still think they're a quality team. All right. I do have the breakdown, how this shook out as far as playoffs are concerned. I feel NFC, like we almost need another break right now. huh? We could take a third one. <laughs> All right. Um, NFC, my playoff teams at the beginning of the year were Saints, 49ers, Packers, Eagles, Bucks, Seahawks, and Cowboys. That was only four out of seven right on there. I missed the Bears, Rams, and Washington football team. And in lieu of them, I had the 49ers, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. However, on the AFC side, I did really well. I had in this order, Chiefs, Ravens, Titans, Bills, Steelers, Colts, and Patriots. Um, the only one I had wrong was the Patriots, and the Browns got in over them. So 6-7 on the AFC side. And I almost had the order pretty darn close to being right. I had three of the four division winners right. And the one that lost the division was the Ravens. They still made the playoffs. And I had the Steelers as a wild card team, but they won the division. And then I had the Colts as a wild card team. So pretty darn good there, I thought. It is pretty darn good, eh? So, yeah, I knew a little bit more about the AFC. I knew the AFC South and AFC West probably the best. NFC North would have been another one that I knew very well. Um, But I struggled with... NFC East, obviously. <laughs> I think everyone did. <laughs> I don't think I was as far off as I thought I was going to be. You know, a lot of those were a lot closer. Like, I know I only had four that were completely correct, but there were many, many that I had within one. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't, right, I, that's I, my I, highlights. What do you got, Chip? <laughs> like, a break right here would be <laughs> like. Want to take know. a quick one? Just to let, the, let the let the viewers, listeners, just exhale and yeah. digest that uh, for a second. Okay, uh-huh. we'll come back and we'll show you what the playoff bracket is set up and give you our highlights from Sunday. Fish We're doing new things here. New things. Segment three, not game time. Uh-huh. That'll be segment four today. Coming back. It's time for NFL. Playoffs! 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 <laughs> Fish and Chip Podcast. That was sick. How do we do this? I'll just do it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what's going on, Chip? Do you want to do the playoff racket first? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> it was Black Monday in the NFL, which is the day that all of these coaches get fired. Red cards. Red cards. Pink, pink slips. That's pink what they slips. get. <laughs> yeah. Eviction notices. Please have your desk cleared off by 2 p.m. on Wednesday. All your things are already boxed up and outside the building. <laughs> yes. This one, first one, little, little, uh, maybe just a little surprising, not totally. The Chargers are removing Anthony Lynn as their head coach. Yeah. 
I think that's more about a culture change of yeah. a team that always, you know, overperforms against good teams, underperforms against bad teams, and always finds a way to lose a close game. Yeah. He seemed like such a good guy, but I don't think he was the best head coach. He'll get another job. It yeah, might not be a head coaching job, but he'll still be in the league. I just hope it doesn't mess up Justin Herbert too much, you know, a rookie quarterback having a successful Yeah, I season. don't think it will. I don't, I don't think, think it so. will. Maybe look at his Oregon coach. <laughs> uh, Jacksonville, no surprise. They have fired their head coach and GM. Urban Meyer, rumored. Did you hear that? I did. Uh, apparently, the job is his if he wants it. That's wow. what they told him. And you would get to coach Trevor Lawrence. That would be wild. He's obviously got to decide if he wants to be an NFL coach, though. He's never been. Yeah. Well, I think he could do it. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's always, uh, it's, it's always a big jump. It is a big jump. Then the last official one from Monday, the Jets have, no surprise, fired Adam Gase. <gasps> what? <laughs> he went 9-23 and 23 over two years with the Jets. It's really good. He was also a disaster when he was with the uh, Dolphins. Yep. So, I don't know. <laughs> and then during the season, the Falcons fired... Head coach and GM, um, the Texans. Texans, Texans, yeah, and Detroit also did the same. It might be more later on Monday. I don't know. Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, is interviewing for the Atlanta Falcons job. Ooh, I think he, I think he could be a good coach. Be a good That's coach. what everybody's been saying, but I was kind of thinking he should just stick it out, and Andy Reid can retire after winning another Super Bowl, and then he can be the head coach of the Chiefs. There you go. I don't think any reason to be done for a little while, though. He's getting up there in age, though. Yeah, it's true. But, I mean, wouldn't you, if you were told that when Andy Reid retires, you're the successor, wouldn't you stick around and be an OC for five more years if Andy Reid was going to retire in five years? Just yeah. So you could, just so you could stay with Pat Mahomes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I would. I would, too. <laughs> I mean, it would be hard to mess up. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Dolphins, when you were talking about they finished 10 and 6 and missed the playoffs, the silver line here is that they get the Texans pick, which I believe is the third overall pick in the draft. Is it really? I think so. I'm going to look it up real quick. I will do the looking. You can continue talking. I don't have anything to fill in with my voice. My fourth. voice. Fourth overall fourth. pick. Yeah. Fourth yep. or third. Which uh, I don't think they're convinced to was the answer, so I would not be surprised if they pick a quarterback again. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But the poor, right. poor Texans. What? Poor Texans. <laughs> Having poor a terrible Texans. season, and they don't even get a first-round pick. Well, you can blame it all on one guy, and you fired him. So yep. you're good, Bill O'Brien. All right. Do you want highlights, or do we want the bracket? Do you want the bracket? Let's do the bracket. I have all beef right. first, Dan. Okay. Beef. That Sunday night game, the Eagles and Washington, was yeah. a disgrace. Yeah. The Eagles were down by like six, and they just gave up. Nope, they were down three. And okay, up. they were down three, and they gave up. They just... I really hope Doug Peterson gets fired, because he's just doing stupid things. So let's just, for the people that didn't see it. Yes, All right. please. The Eagles season is over. 
after this game, regardless. Washington's trying to win the division. If they would lose to the Eagles, the Giants get in. <clears throat> the Eagles are down three, entering the fourth quarter. And Doug Peterson, who said we're going to try to play to win this game, had many, many people out already due to COVID or injuries. Um, pulls Jalen Hurts, who's playing just fine. You know, he started the last three, three, four games now. He's playing just fine. No, we need to see what we got in our third string guy, <laughs> Nate Sudfeld. It's not even Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz not dressed. Nate Sudfeld, we got to see what he can do. Interception, fumble, and then nothing good. <laughs> yeah, and they keep him in. And they keep him in. It's like, don't you want to see what Justin Hurts can do still? Like, Jaylen. aren't you still trying to evaluate who your starter is, not yeah. the backup? Backup. <laughs> yeah, that was so stupid. So basically, they were saying Eagles don't want to win. Yeah. They I, found a way after the fumble, Washington kicked another field goal. They were up six. Eagles did get the ball back with a chance to win the game. And <laughs> it's like they didn't even try to throw it downfield at all or yeah, make a big play to even. Completely gave up. It was like a live tanking. Like everyone, a live tanking. Yeah. Everyone that was watching that game could see it. Even yeah, they Chris kept Collins showing the offensive the line. Yeah, Chris Collinsworth was nailing it. I know people are probably going to be upset with him about like how accurately he was depicting things, and he might have said some things that were, you know, controversial whether he should set them or not. But <laughs> he was nailing it. He's like, offensive linemen, get the cameras on right now. They can't hide their emotions. All their heads are buried in their hands in their lap. Like they're just like, come on, guys. We're so we're just going to quit now. We've been out here working our tails off for. 45 minutes and now we're just going to quit. If I was a player, they, on they the looked Eagles, defeated. They yeah. looked defeated with 10 minutes left. Yeah. If I was a player on the Eagles, I would not trust my coach at all going forward. No, I wouldn't either. That uh, was so bad. And then, and then, and then, but the other thing that Collinsworth said, and this one was absolute money. Okay. The Giants won the game against the Cowboys earlier in the day. If the Cowboys had won, could you imagine the hysteria that would be unfolding? Yes. <laughs> I mean, even I Giants fans were upset. And Giants I know the players. Giants fans were upset, but like, if the Eagles did this to the Cowboys, there would be so many conspiracy theory talks and just yeah. hate I mean, being thrown that way. It literally seemed like the Eagles did not want the Giants or Cowboys in the playoffs, so they were just losing to Washington on purpose. Yeah, it really did. It was complete jobbing. Yeah. This game should not have been moved to Sunday night for that reason, I think. They should have been playing at <laughs> yeah. the same time. They should have been. Honestly, they should have been. Um, but, however, it was good to get Alex Smith the exposure on there. Washington yeah. football team, everything they've gone through this year, I'm glad they get the exposure for it. However, the Eagles look really bad on national television in yes. the last game of the year. Also, at the end of the game, or like towards the end of the game, like the fourth quarter, I started noticing every time any Eagles player came off to the sideline took their helmets off, they were never wearing masks. Like, they didn't care anymore. That was their last game. It's like that just shows the dysfunction. Players are supposed to have masks yeah. on if they don't have their helmets on on the sideline. Nobody was putting masks on anymore in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so obviously like the Eagles just quit. Their culture is just bad. If Jalen Hurts would have kept playing, that game would have been a game. Yeah, the Eagles For probably sure. would have won. Washington only got three more points the rest of the game because of Nate Sudfeld's fumble. Yeah, like all Jalen Hurts had to do was go down there and get one field goal, and that would have tied it up. They also went forward on fourth and four in the third quarter from the four yard line. Mm-hmm. Fourth and goal from the four yard oh, line instead of move. kicking the field goal that would have tied the game. Another example of tanking on live TV. 
Yeah, I mean, if they kick that field goal and they keep Jalen Hurts in, it's a tie game going into the fourth quarter. <laughs> Come yeah. on. And I the saw- Washington football team never scored again. So all the Philadelphia Eagles would have to do is just get one field goal out of it. Yeah, it was, it was a disgrace. <laughs> I could not have done that as a coach. I would not Me have neither. been able to do it. Even Unless- if the GM and the owner were both in my ear on the sideline saying, you need to get Jalen Hurts out of this game and you need to lose. I would not have been able to do it. I'd been like, fire me now then. Yeah. You know? kidding. And before losing, they went from picking ninth in the draft to six. So it's not like they moved up a whole lot. Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty stupid. And Giants and Cowboys fans on Twitter were both just like livid. They were like, yeah. why would you even like, why would the NFL even like get our hopes up for like three hours while we're watching our teams play at noon? And we think we have a yeah. chance just to put the Eagles out there to tank on national TV. Like, I, I would be so upset if I was one of those fans, even though, I mean, at 6-10, and 10, the Giants didn't really deserve the playoffs. But Nobody did. Nobody no, in that division no. did. <laughs> but it was that, I don't know, kind of just goes to show how bad the NFC East was this whole season. Yeah. All right, well, let's get on a happier note here. Yeah. Um, I want to do the bracket. I got good news for one fan base, and I'm going to tell you who that is. I teased that segment one. All right, here we go. Let's do the NFC side first. The Packers are the number one overall seed. They will get the only buy in the playoffs. Now, here's your first-round matchups otherwise. The two-seed Saints play the seven-seed Bears at home. Um, Saints are obviously going to be favored in that game. Then you get a division matchup between the three and six. The Rams go to the Seahawks. And then, as we just talked about, the Washington football team, the four-seed gets to host the Buccaneers. Now, who, based on who wins, the Packers will play whatever the highest seed. Does that make sense? So, like, if the Bears would win, they would be the seventh seed advancing. They would the highest number but lowest rank. The highest number but lowest rank. <laughs> <laughs> the low seed. Yes. Sure, let's call it that. If Washington football team would win, they – yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. Bears <laughs> basically – whatever. Okay, they play the low seed. So, basically, what we're saying is – uh, if a seven, if a five, six, or seven seed advances, then the seven seed will go to the Packers and the five and six would play. All right. Um, I don't think I did a very good job explaining that, but I'll yeah, look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we'll uh, <laughs> talk more about it on Friday's episode for sure. On that side of the bracket, I don't really have much of an opinion yet. We're going to give you Thursday. We'll break them down. All right. On the AFC side, the Chiefs are the one seed. They get the bye. We've talked about that. They rested their players yesterday or on Sunday. Titans play the Ravens in a 4-5 matchup. Ravens go to the Titans. 3-6 on this side as well as a division matchup. We get the Browns going to the Steelers. And then, last but not least, the Colts, who went from being out of the playoffs on Sunday to being in it afterwards. Uh, They get to go to the Bills. Luck, bad luck there for them. The Bills are probably the hottest team in football right now, in my opinion. I would say say them and, honestly, the Ravens are super hot, too. Yep. Here's what I'm going to tell you, Bills fans. You haven't won a playoff game in about 20-some seasons. 23, I believe. Maybe 26. Something like that. 24. I don't know. I lose count. Bills fans, if I were you, I'd be the hugest Steelers fan on next weekend. On wild card weekend. If the Steelers win and you guys beat the Colts, you will for sure be playing the Steelers then. No doubt about it, because the Steelers cannot play the Chiefs if they win, no matter what. 
Um, so, Bills, you're hot. Your defense is really good. You'll be able to slow down Phillip Rivers, take care of business against the Colts. Your offense is too good for the Colts to slow you down. You should be able to win that game easy. If you root for the Steelers, like I said, you obviously get to play them. If the Browns would win over the Steelers, now this is assuming the Bills win, if the Browns win over the Steelers, then the Titans and Ravens winner would come over and play the Bills. And the Steelers. Yep, those are tough. Or no, that's not right. If the Browns win, yes. If the Browns would win, they would go play the Chiefs, and the winner of the Titans-Ravens would come play, this, play the Bills. You don't want anything to do with the Ravens. You want to keep those Ravens on the other side of the bracket. So if the Ravens win and the Steelers win, the Ravens then have to play the Chiefs. Steelers would then play the Bills. And again, Bills, you already beat them once. I think this is an easy, no-brainer. Bills would beat the Steelers. This is where I'm, I'm conflicted. The Chiefs, they've been waiting to turn the on switch on for the playoffs. They've been, they've been coasting the last month of the season, um, just waiting to get here. When teams do that and they, and they wait to hit that on switch in the playoffs, it worries me. I haven't seen the Chiefs do it in past years. The Chiefs turned it on in the regular season before they even reached the playoffs last year and then kept riding that into the Super Bowl. I'm worried about a letdown in, in their first playoff game, especially with a team like the Ravens. If the Ravens would be playing them, they're rolling into playoffs hot. You know, they beat the Titans. They're coming off a bunch of wins in a row, playing the Chiefs. I could see the Ravens giving the Chiefs problems. However, Andy Reid's really good out of a bye, which essentially they would have. So, if the Chiefs would win, I think that would be a tough matchup for the Bills. However, if the Ravens win, I think either way, I think the Bills are going to have a really good chance. If the Steelers win round one, I got the Bills at least going to the AFC Championship game. And I'd probably even favor them over the Ravens and Chiefs. Oh, hey oh. They go to the Super Bowl. That's why I said last week, I said, I think I got the Bills winning the Super Bowl this year. In the hot take? Yeah, in the hot take. I think they're getting there for sure, or at least... AFC championship for sure. Um, I think they might win the Super Bowl this year. That's my fan base that I want to excite. I really, well, I really see you as Colts. <laughs> they're not losing the Colts. Not at home. Yeah, Philip Rivers can't throw the ball in Buffalo. And he cold? can't handle the cold weather. Yeah. So that's going to be tough for them. I think that the Bills have every advantage going forward. Defensively is probably one of the best defensive teams in the league. And offensively, they're I mean, they scored 56 points on the Dolphins who was trying to make a playoff berth yeah. on Sunday and just destroyed them. So they got to be going with more confidence than anybody even thought they were going to have, and they already had a bunch to begin with. <laughs> so, yep. um, you got anything else to add to that, Chip? Uh, nope. Not right now. I'm sure I will on Friday. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, we will have updates for that. Then on our next show, we will uh, probably make first-round picks at least maybe – do our whole picks all the way through. We'll see. Uh, just a couple other highlights I want to point out over the last game of the regular season. Derrick Henry crosses the 2,000-yard rushing mark. I, Ooh. I mean, he, I didn't think he had a chance. He was at 1777. I didn't think he had a chance to reach 2,000 halfway through the season. And here he is, week 17, needing 223 yards, and he shatters it. Yep. <laughs> so he becomes, what is it, the seventh or eighth? running back to ever reach the 2,000-yard rushing mark. I think so. And also, the Vikings, your boy Justin Jefferson, sets the all-time, not only franchise by beating Randy Moss, but all-time receiving record by a rookie, 1,400 yards, defeating mm-hmm. Anquan Bolden's record. And like I said, Randy Moss was originally second, and that obviously was a franchise record for the Vikings as well as 
you know, the second most all-time receiving yards by a, a rookie, and Justin Jefferson beats the record. He's got to be offensive rookie of the year. I think so. He might not be rookie of the year overall. I don't. Do they even do rookie of the year overall? I don't think they do. I think he's offensive rookie of the year, and I think Chase Young is defensive rookie of the year. I would agree. Me too. All right, that's all I got. You got a fun game, more NFL stuff. Uh huh. More NFL stuff. Segment four. What? First time ever. Fish and Chip Pod game time next. Bye. Welcome back to game time on Fish and Chip Podcast. Chip Daly here. Dan Fish still over there. I think. I hope. Last minute of hell talk, but we're gonna keep it rolling with an NFL game. I have compiled a uh, some season stats since the season has concluded. The regular season, that is. So, I have, I think, 15 questions because, you know, can't get long enough today. Yep, of got it. Various stats and such. Such. Stats and such that you just need to tell me basically who was the leader, who had more, blah, 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 that sort of thing. Speaks for I'll itself. I'll do it. Here we go. Number one. So, you were just talking about all those uh, records. They're broken, but you did not mention Justin Herbert set the record for most passing touchdowns by rookie this season. Oh, uh, yes, yes. How many touchdowns did he have, and what was the previous record? Previous record was 26. Mm, nope. What? There's a couple more than that. 28? Yes. It was in there. Um, that was set by Baker Mayfield. Yes, it was. And possibly Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson. Uh, I don't think so. They were close. They were close. Yeah, they might have been 26. They, uh, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, they were all pretty close. And I think he passed that a couple, or he tied Bakers a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'm going to say he finished like 31 or 32. 31! Ding, ding. Very good. All right. I have this kind of, because I was just going through the stats, so it's kind of all quarterback questions, then other offense, then defense. Do you want me to just keep it that way, or should I mix it up? Whatever you want. Right, I'll just go down my list. All right. Which quarterback had the highest touchdown percentage this season? Touchdown like, percentage as in like per throws. Per throw. Yeah. Percentage of touchdown. throws that were a touchdown. Um, probably the guy that led the league in touchdowns, Aaron Rodgers. That is correct. He had a 9.1%. Do you want to take a guess what the other two were or no? Because no. I have the top three listed probably. Did you say no? Um. Pat Mahomes? No. Russell Wilson? He was second, yes. Okay. Who's third? Uh, third is actually tied. Ryan Tannehill and Lamar Jackson. Yep. 6.9 for those two. Russell Wilson was 7.2. Nice. Who had, on the flip side, the lowest interception percentage this season? Aaron Rodgers. Yes, there's actually two that were tied. Pat Mahomes threw too many recently, so not him. Was it him? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. He threw a lot recently, I thought. Yeah. Well, like six over the course of like three games. Well, if he wouldn't have done that, he would have crushed this then. But, yeah, he, uh, he was winning that pretty handily for a while. They both had only a 1% interception rate. Nice. Joe Burrow was actually second with 1.2. Ooh. And Deshaun Watson was third with 1.3. Surprise, surprise. All right. Those are some good QBs. Thanks, nice Shermar. Of these three players, who had the most rushing touchdowns this season? Kyler Murray, Cam Newton, or Lamar Jackson? 
all quarterbacks if you don't follow NFL at all. Oh, duh. Uh, Lamar. He actually had the least. Cam, really? Yeah, it was Cam. He had 12. I figured that was a trick question. (laughs) Kyler Murray had 11. Lamar had 7. Okay, okay. Which quarterback led the most game-winning drives this season? Um, let's see who won the most games this year. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I want to take this one. Always, uh, four. Nope. Five? Nope. Lower? Higher. Seven? Lower. Six. <laughs> yes. Six. Derek Carr was second with five, and Matt Stanford, Kyler Murray, and Ben Roethlisberger all had four. Yeah, Tannehill had two against the Titans. <laughs> or what? Texans, I mean. Not, <laughs> I can wait. Two, two against the Texans. There's too many Texans, Titans, Titans, blah, 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 blah. How many T's? Next. So Matt Stanford had four of the five wins. <laughs> Come on. Bummer. All right. Who led the league in passing yards this season? Deshaun Watson. Wow, yeah, I thought that was going to be a little tricky, but you got it. I saw it last night. Oh. <laughs> it was Mahomes, but then he didn't play. And then Deshaun yep. passed him. Yep, yep. And Tom Brady was third. All right. You mentioned Derek Henry set the, or led the league with over 2,000 yards. So there were nine rushers that went over 1,000 yards a season. One of them was Lamar Jackson. Can you name the top three rushers in order, though? Derek Henry. Yes. Oh, the next one's tough. And Dalvin Cook? Yes. Can I have a hint on number three? Uh, yeah, he's a... Uh, well, uh, hmm. He probably surpassed it on the last week or two because uh, the other guy that was in third did not play. Nick Chubb? No. He's a rookie. The guy from Jacksonville? He was the leader, but he didn't play the last two weeks. Or the third place guy. Not Clyde Edwards Hilaire, is it? Nope. I don't even know what other rookie running backs are. <laughs> I'll just tell you, it was actually Jonathan Taylor for the Colts. Oh yeah, duh. He uh, got hot at the end of the season. Yeah, he had a lot. He had like two fifty yesterday. Yep. Around Sunday. Something like that. Yeah, so he was third with eleven sixty nine. Second was Cook with fifteen fifty seven. And then Henry had two thousand twenty seven. So that was quite the gap between one to two and then two to three. Yeah. And Jonathan Taylor had like a quarter of his season yards in one game. <laughs> yeah, basically. Or a fifth. <laughs> Who had the longest touchdown of the season? And how long? Derek, Derek Henry, 90 yards. Mm, that was a higher one. It was a running back, you're, though. You're not counting like, like kick returns, right? No, it was a running back. It was a rush. Oh, Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. I don't know. John. No, not John. I don't know, dude. It was Ronald Jones for Tampa Bay, 98 yards. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that now. Yes. And, yes, Sunday, um, <laughs> Drew Locke to Jerry Judy actually had the longest reception touchdown of the season. I did not put that into question, but it's 94 yards. Nice. All right. Who led the league in receptions this season? Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs. That's correct. 
He had 127. Devonta Adams and DeAndre Hopkins both had 115. All right, between these two players, who had the most receptions? Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller? Kelsey. Probably Waller. Probably Waller. <laughs> it was Waller by two. He had 107 to Kelsey's 105. Yeah, they both had a lot. All right, who led the league in receiving yards? Devontae Adams? No. I believe he led is it, in. Is it a wide receiver? It is a wide receiver. Oh, yeah, he led in touchdowns, didn't he? Um, yards. Yards. Stephon Diggs? It was Stephon Diggs again. He had 15.35. Travis Kelsey was second with 14.6. I was going to say, wasn't he like second as a tight end? Yeah, well, with uh, 22 less catches. He was second. Yeah. <laughs> John Drew Hopkins was third and Justin Jefferson was fourth. All right. Of these three players, who had the most receiving touchdowns? AJ Brown, Adam Thielen, Mike Evans. Mike Evans. No. AJ Brown? No. <laughs> What? Thielen had that many? Thielen had 14 receiving touchdowns. Wow. Yep, Mike Evans had 13, and A.J. Brown had 11. Yeah. All right, three left. Getting kind of defensive, and I skimped out on defense because, you know. All right, who had the most sacks this season? Not a clue. It was your, I think, your <laughs> your choice earlier on for uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Chase Young? No, Defensive Player, not Rookie. Oh, defensive player like of the year. Like a few weeks ago, months ago. <laughs> Aaron Donald. No. Oh, I don't know who I picked anymore. TJ Watt. Oh, TJ Watt. He had 15. Aaron Donald what? and Trey Hendrickson at 13 and a half. All right. Who led the league in interceptions? Like pick, not picked off, not thrown. Not a clue. Xavier Howard for the Dolphins at 10. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and JC Jackson for the uh, Patriots at nine and Tyron Matthew at six. Last question. It's a kicking one. Who had the lowest extra point percentage this season? Dan Bailey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, there wasn't even like a player that played one game. It wasn't even on there. It was just Dan Bailey. He had 86%. Follow Followed by Sam Sloman at 88.5. And then this one surprised me. Harrison Butker and Brandon McManus were third lowest at 88.9. Yeah, Butker missed a few extra points, but then he knocked through a bunch of 56 yards. No, no problem. Uh, uh, Dan Bailey, lowest extra points and second lowest field goal percentage. And I think the guy that was lowest only played like two games. Ripperuski. <laughs> Fish and Chip Podcast. Thanks, Chip. Well, on Twitter at Fish and Chip Pod, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, the Google Machine, and Amazon. Most places you get your podcast. Remember, hashtag prop up with Thrive Fantasy, promo code FISH, F I S H. Thanks for listening. Sorry this got long day, but I hope you enjoyed the end of the regular season of NFL football. And we can't wait for playoffs. We'll talk more Friday. Bye. Bye. Sweet. <laughs>